Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. Today we will continue our shorter series <laughs> than you, the What You Believe or What We Believe series um, on heaven and hell. We're kind of jumping into um, what we believed or and also were taught about heaven in the past um, for us and then also kind of what we believe now. So we talked about heaven last time and our uh, prior beliefs on that. And so we thought we would jump into um, what our current thoughts, uh, what we would love to say are our biblical our biblical views of heaven. Um, I'm sure someone someone somewhere would contend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, everyone thinks they have the biblical view of heaven or hell or anything that is a, a belief or a, a theology. So let's start um, with Tom. And uh, Tom, what are, so from going off of, well, let's just start. Let's, what are your views of heaven now and what is heaven to you? So, uh, Heaven. Well, that's a big uh, that's a big word. Agreed. So, <laughs> if we say the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, uh, it's it can mean it just means the reign of God. Hmm. And so, there is a sense in which we can see the kingdom of heaven on earth whenever we see the people of God doing good stuff. Like when we say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're asking that God um, exercise God's will on earth. And the reason we pray that way, and the reason we think that heaven can break into this place, is because the early Christians saw a fleshly Jesus walk out of the tomb, yet still had the scars, as we've said on this show before. And so it was a it was a reality that impacted the fleshly world. It was it's not that we die and go to heaven, um, although I'm not saying I don't believe in the resurrection, but it's that heaven is already existing. Um, sometimes we see it breaking in, and then at the at the end, by faith, not by understanding, by faith, uh, we look for when there's a new heaven and new earth, the end of the scriptures say that Jerusalem comes down out of heaven to the earth. So it's not this, um, it's kind of a Neoplatonic idea that the, um, that we die and go to heaven. It's uh, and that it's a spiritual existence. It's a physical existence that we see in the resurrected Jesus. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, not make it doesn't make any sense. Sorry, that's a faith conviction. That's what I think, and that's what I think the early Christians, the closest I can get to what the early Christians thought. Hmm. Okay. Um. 
Did yeah, I answer your question? Yep, yeah, I'm thinking through what you said. Um, and so, um, did you say that... Um, see, I'm going to focus on the wrong part, and I don't mean to, but Neoplatonic, explain that. Okay, so from about, I don't know, 90-ish AD, late towards the end of the first century. Um, sorry, my daughter keeps calling me, and I'm <laughs> ignoring the call. But, okay. You're a father? Uh, yes. <laughs> so it's, it's Platonic philosophy, you know, from Plato. It's, it kept developing in the Greek world. You know, the Greek philosophy and world and culture did not stop when Christianity started. We like mm -hmm. to think that the world just everyone got on board right away. Right. right. Yeah. And so that philosophy was the dominant thought, and it continued to influence Christians. And so it lasted, I don't know, third century maybe. Um, so it's, I have to really think about this, Justin. Oh. Because it's been a long time since I took philosophy class. Challenge. I yes. Like I like it. Well, it comes up often. And that's they why. Believed, yeah, they believed the soul was immortal. Okay. Um, they believed, which wasn't a new idea in Greek thought, you know. Aristotle believed in the, the shadow and the real. Um, they believed in the divine soul, that God is transcendent. A lot of things that sound like Christianity today mm. or evangelical Christianity um, you could identify with their thought. Yeah, that's what I was trying to tease out of this, I guess, was that idea because there is, and you have spoken often, and maybe this is a different episode, and as a matter of fact, I know it is, um, but we've spoken, spoke often of the Zeus-like God um, and uh, the, that kind of Greek mythology and how it is tied in, not that that's Platoism, uh, but how it has tied into our Christianity, our faith, and it has continued to, you know, just kind of weave its way in there so much so that today there are ideas that we can't separate, right? Is that kind of along the yes. line? Yeah. And exactly. so, okay. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll put a pin in it. Ding. And uh, we'll come back to that so um, sometime and kind of talk about that more because I think that's something that's very eye-opening is, is how, I mean, honestly, there are things that I think are biblical that are not, you know, and we, and especially when it comes down to phrases, <laughs> you know, there's certain phrases we use <laughs> and, and like, God will never give you more than you can handle. I'm like, I don't think that's in the Bible <laughs> or something like that. So anyway, there's my pin in it. Uh, good explanation. Um, well, what I, my buzzword is Gnostic. Like, okay, I'll say when Christian. A lot of times I've said uh, modern Christians have a lot in common with Gnostics. The flesh is evil. Uh, the soul is good. All that stuff. But neo Neoplatonism had a lot of those same elements in it. Okay. So maybe it's a it's a great oversimplification to uh, blame it all on the Gnostics. I mean, and all these philosophies are intermingling with each with each other. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Just yeah. like today, we, none of us get all of our ideas from one place. Right, right, for sure.
Yeah. I'm sure to a philosophy professor I sound like an idiot right now. <laughs> I doubt we have a whole lot of those listening to us, but who knows? All right, Everett. What is your view, your biblical view <laughs> of heaven? Well, I mean, I, I really think that you have to, in the two primary places that, that um, I point to would be Isaiah chapter 6, in which the prophet Isaiah has this profound uh, encounter with with God and, um, you know, sees, sees this place that um, the angels um, are worshiping God night and day, singing holy, holy, holy. Um, the, the other place that, that we, you know, see images, um, of heaven is in revelation and, you know, the promise that's given is there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And, you know, as Tom said, it's, it, this, this, it isn't us going somewhere, but rather it's, um, it, it, it's something that happens here and now. It is it is the resurrection of the dead. It is, um, you know, the world, you know, Tom Wright's, you know, uh, term is putting the world to rights, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so what is heaven? I have no clue. Um, <laughs> but I, I think the biblical and I would say the Jewish understanding of it in the time of Jesus was heaven is not a place that you go from here to there, but rather heaven is this is, is the kingdom of God. Um, you know, Matthew, you know, often refers to it as the, you know, the king, the kingdom of heaven. Um, so that was a long meandering way to just basically say, I have no clue what heaven <laughs> is. Um, other than I think most of the images that we use are not, in fact, biblical. Mm. And did they come from, I mean, because our views, you know, I've often heard that our views on hell have come from, came from uh, Dante's Inferno. Um, so where have, uh, and this, maybe this ties back to, uh, Tom, but where have the uh, and let's just let's just go with the the cheese um, of the harp and the, on the cloud. Where where has did that view come from? Does anyone know? Gosh, I don't know. Yeah, probably I mean, a probably a hymn. Bugs Bunny. Mm, <laughs> yes, yes. The the Warner Brothers House of Worship. Um. <laughs> so, well, I mean, so 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 you. I mean, you see this in, in popular, you know, film, um, you know, angels are something that you become. Uh, and that's not it. Angels are something, mm. biblically, angels are something wholly different than humans. They are, right. they are unseen created beings. We are, we are seen created beings. They are unseen created beings. Um, and, and, and angels... Uh, and I know this is getting off off topic just a little bit, but you know, angels as portrayed in the Bible are scary as all get out, <laughs> and you kind of turn them into these cute little babies. With and, and 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 all I'm saying is is that a lot of our images of these things have been shaped more by um, 
sort of art mm-hmm. rather than scripture. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and and I think and I think art can help us sort of navigate. I mean, that's that's one of the beautiful things about the Anglican tradition is is that we do use art to, you know, try to work out theology. Um, but what I heard is Everett saying he hates art. <laughs> I'm going to tweet on this. There you go. You're Put one of those hash Everett. browns on it. Yeah. Hash brown Everett hates art. Right. Hash brown. I hope you've seen Cobra Kai. Um, so great. It is. It is. Um, uh, Tom, you started to jump in there. Do you remember what you were going to say? Yeah. Um, so the culture that really matters and the textual historical background is the Hebrew scriptures and the early Jewish Christians. So if you want to know what they thought of heaven, you just need to look to those scriptures. And that would have, would have been the lens through which they understood Jesus. And they understood, and through which they wrote the New Testament. I mean, I'm not saying there wasn't any Greek influence. Of course there was. But a big thought for them was the tabernacle and the temple. That was their understanding of where they met God. This is, it's not so much that we went to go up to some place, although there is mountains going up to meet God on the mountain. So I take all that back. <laughs> but, but when the covenant came, um, God pitched God's tent with them. You know, God came down mm-hmm. in a tent. And Jesus is that tent. Jesus is the temple. Um, that's and the and the design of the temple matches the Jewish idea of the cosmos. You know, you have the holy place where God is at the top, and then you, you see the levels through which I could draw a picture, maybe, or I could take a picture of my liturgy book from seminary, and you could put it on the on Facebook or something. But the idea is that, and that idea doesn't go away. That God, that at the end, God's tent will be pitched with us everywhere, is the idea. The New Jerusalem I think we talked comes about. Down. Go ahead, Everett. Well, I was going to say, I, I, I think one of the radical notions of, of Judaism was that that God was the God of the entire cosmos, um, where, you know, typically you would have had gods of, of particular locations. Mm, right. And, you know, and so this is why, I mean, you see this in the New Testament where, you know, there's there's particular gods of certain, you know, cities, um, you know, but to Tom's point is, is that that God is everywhere, and at the same time, God is also specifically known. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. I mean, so so God so God is not constrained to like a particular tribe or a particular place. This mm-hmm. is why God can show up in Egypt, mm-hmm. and God can also be in the wilderness because God is the God of the entire cosmos. Mm-hmm. But also, God has dwelt among them in the giving of the law, um, in the food in the wilderness, 
and ultimately in in the temple and tabernacle. And so, Justin. Yes, Tom. If I am listening to this, Tommy Dolman from 15 years ago or 20 years ago. <laughs> Little Tommy Dolman. Yeah, I'm going to say, well, yeah, they're ignoring a lot of scripture. What about the thief on the cross? Today you'll be with me in paradise. Or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what about in my father's house are many Good. rooms? Good. Um, or uh, I'd, des- I'd have desired to depart and be with the Messiah. You know, which is far better, St. Paul said. So uh, I think that the early Christian idea was that there was a place of waiting mm-hmm. between what, between now and then, between right. the final end and it's kind of like a good purgatory. That's a terrible way to say it. No, and I, I think we touched on that last time. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, okay, where's, the, where's the dead? Yeah. Right? You know, um, or where's the purgatory? Or what? what is the, you know, yeah, where's paradise and things like that? So, um, uh, well, and, 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 and the whole notion of paradise, I mean, that it, um, paradise, another word for, for that word, Greek word would have been a garden. And so in, in many ways, it's it's hearkening back to, um, you know, the Garden of Eden. Um, mm-hmm. There is, um, to give you visual for what Tom spoke about as Jesus being the temple, the tent, um, There, there's the one of the Bible Project videos, and I, I think it's gospel of the kingdom i i could be wrong there but i wish i remembered which one it was um but one of those does such a great job of explaining that and it gives you the visuals and i, and I think the visuals can be important um because we all have uh something in our heads right and and that is what um it's being redrawn each time we consider this or think about it or read something new in that effect. Um, but it, it feels like that cloud and, you know, harp thing just continually, whether it was Warner brothers or whoever, um, for it just kind of is, is stuck there. And when we get into talking about this, I, I, it feels like it, the explanation of what heaven is just because it is something that is so important is undeveloped in a way that everyone understands it because I can feel, I feel like I can go to any Christian and say heaven, you know, clouds and harps. And they're like, yep, know it, not, not believe it, know it. And, um, and that's hard. Um, so I have, um, we had growing up, I had rapture theology. So rapture, I think I spoke about this last time is, um, in, First Thessalonians, something, something, um, Paul says that, uh, you know, in the blink of an eye, blah, 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 you know, one, uh, someone, uh, gosh, <laughs> I shouldn't have tried to quote scripture again. Anyway, one person disappears and one person does it. But anyway, um, that's gospel. But um, in Thessalonians, I believe it is stated something about the coming of God and that coming um, as for some reason we're calling N.T. Wright Tom right now. I don't know. Did you meet him in person ever? What is that? (laughs) So N.T. Wright um, spoke about the word coming 
And um, it's Perugia, I believe, is the word. Um, and there was really a misunderstanding within that of how, um, you know, coming on the clouds was God shows up, a big trumpet blows, everyone looks east, and then people disappear. And that was, that was everyone going to be on a cloud playing a harp. That was us going to heaven. But in, um, in, N.T. Wright explains that it is actually something to where, you know, Christ uh, coming down, like coming down with the New Jerusalem, as I understand. Uh, sure, some, some horns blow. What did I say? I, did I say horns earlier? I don't know. Anyway. Um, trumpet. Trumpet, thank you. Um, and uh, as a king coming Didn't in. Can really be any brass instrument. Thank you. The French horn. Yeah. <laughs> um, as Christ comes, uh, as a ruler would come, and the word Perugia means a um, emperor ruler would come to a town, all the people would come out of the town, city, whatever it is, and usher the king, the emperor, back into the city. And so if you think about that Revelations 21-22 area, about that, that's the understanding of what it really happens is coming down here to reign. So that's that culmination of heaven on earth, of from what I understand. Um, and you guys feel free to pick this apart. I have no issue with that. Um, but that's kind of the end of all things. Um, that's when God comes down, Jesus comes down to set the reign. At this point in time, one way um, that I understand heaven is... Um, is that in one way I like to explain it, it's on the other side of this moment. At any given time, heaven can show up here, whether it be through an act, a word, um, just someone letting something go, whatever it is, it can mix in with today. When we go up to the altar, um, that experience and that and heaven can overlap, um, if you will, at that time. And I think that's what the reign of God, as you said, Tom, earlier, is here. It is here, and it is available to everyone. And, and it, at one point it wasn't, because if you had, you know, touched the wrong thing um, or done the wrong thing, you couldn't go into the temple. And as you said, the temple was a... a uh, what a, a um, set up like the Cosmo. So, but certain people couldn't get to it from these certain rules in Leviticus and things like that. And Jesus came and said, no, it's available to everyone. And by everyone, we literally mean everyone. And I think that's an understanding that we're still getting to um, because we're rule people. We have rules of how we interact with each other, and we have stop signs, and we have this. And so someone has to be in the right, and someone has to be in the wrong, and we can't get past, I feel like, that it is available to everyone barring the rules. Um, and so, anyway, that that's kind of my... Well, and I wouldn't want I wouldn't want people to take away from that. I, I, I agree, <clears throat> Justin, with what you're saying. Sure. I, I think there's this sort of modern um, notion that's particularly popular in, you know, liberal Protestantism, which is that, you know, Jesus came to get rid of the rules. And there's yeah. okay, good, yep, yep, right. There's no, yep. there's, 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 there's no indication that he does. I mean, one of the things he's saying is, is okay, what's the greater rule? Mm. Um, and so it's not about an elimination of rules. 
um, you know, those are, you know, those are things that keep us um, tethered. Um, those are, um, uh, you know, we might, we might even, uh, Tom, uh, often uses, uh, not Tom Wright, but Tom Dahlman, um, often. Oh my gosh. I've just attained <laughs> something new. Uh, uh, Tom often talks about them like, like ruts in a dirt road, right? There's a thing that kind of keeps us on the road and keeps us going. And, and, and so I think that there's this popular notion of, you know, oh, well, there's just, there's, there's no rules and, and, you know, and yes, God transcends those rules. God looks past those rules. Us breaking rules is not going to stop God from loving us, you know, but that does not mean that there aren't things in place that are not, in fact, good for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. in a dirt road. Title of my new book. What was it? Ruts in a Dirt Road, title of my new book. <laughs> um, thanks, Everett, for pointing that out. And absolutely, um, I agree. Um, so in, in the way that I would like, uh, I, hope, I, I wish I could explain it exactly the way I want to, but I think we are invited to stop applying rules to people ourselves is the way I want to say it. And that's the way I think about it, not forget it. It's freedom. Because I mean, Paul writes about that. Paul writes about in Christ, you know, it's all free. Right. And we saw his not so nice letters of that. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. You know, um, let's rethink this kind of theory of like, it's not all free, um, you know, because, and that's the conundrum, right? And that's what's kind of hard to understand for people. It's like, yes, you're free in Christ, but um, as that, and, and uh, gosh, it's hard to explain. I can't explain it. Let, can I take a shot please, at it? Please. This has nothing to do with heaven or whatever. But, yeah. Um, well, since the Enlightenment, we've looked at Christianity as a list of rules or questions and answers. Yes. Ca- catechism. Mm-hmm. This is ironic since we just did a whole series on our <laughs> catechism. But, but that's not the... And that's a modern idea that I can put a bunch of knowledge into my head, yeah. memorize the scripture, and somehow that's going to change me. Um, follow, just follow the rules. But the point... The, the real point is, and I think we're reacting to this, you know, they say left and, and right are just two sides of the same coin. Well, what if there's another direction, which is instead of memorizing it or just following the rules, what if the point is that we just practice the faith and let that change us from the inside out? That's the early, I, I think that's the early idea. It's not that you... Faith isn't knowing. Faith is doing when you don't know. Hmm. So, so my job is just to, as a priest, is to take people from where they are, including myself, and help us all move closer to God in Christ. And so that's my job. It's not to, and the way that we do that is by in community, praying together in community, fasting together, in community, feeding the poor together. We don't do it by memorizing a list of rules and hoping that changes us. Mm. We we practice the life, and then we're changed. 
So maybe instead of rules, it's a practice or a, a way of life. It's actually a religion we're calling. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, Fleming, Fleming Rutledge talks about this and she, how she hates the term rule of life because, you know, she says that she thinks that when people hear that, well, I followed all the rules I followed, you know, and, and that it gets us further away from the notion of grace. Of course, you know, she's, you know, she's sort of in the radical grace camp. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, I definitely think that there are practices that get us closer to God and there are practices that get us further away from God. Um, I, I, in, in saying all that, I mean, there's a really, um, profound power in our, in our brokenness, which is the very opposite of what we think about when it comes to God. And so we think about the person, um, who is, um, you know, addicted to alcohol, right? Um, and, and there's great power in their coming to understand their brokenness and their need for God, so, which is the opposite of a rule. Right. And I think grace, right? Um, you, you, I like you said Fleming is uh, one of those radical grace camps. I think Jesus is in that camp. Well. <laughs> Everett, is that a, is that a buzzword for saying she's like the mockingbird people, and she's kind of a warmed over Lutheran? Yeah. No <laughs> offense to those folks, because I have a lot of friends there. Wow, that Lutheran was... theology is making a comeback, though. What is Lutheran theology? Oh, okay. That's really funny. Um, all right, we did get away from heaven. Yes. So, Can I bring us back, Justin? Please. Yeah, we're we're out. We're we're on the clock. We're out of time here. So ra- let's wrap it back up. At least say you know the word heaven a couple times, okay. so everyone thinks we stayed on topic. A long time ago, you said this is kingdom is for everyone. A good scripture to go to would be Ephesians two or three, where Paul, I think Paul wrote Ephesians, but whoever wrote Ephesians says talks about the Jew and Gentile coming together in this new temple in which God lives by the Spirit. And so this in chapter 3, you find out this, this reality, this new kingdom of heaven reality will shock the world and change it. So it's, that's a participation in the kingdom of heaven. And that's that- in it. A meta, an under way to understand the kingdom coming to earth. And is what were you, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no I was going to say in that temple. I mean, is that temple that new temple? Is that earth where heaven is? Where it becomes heaven when the king comes? It's the church. It's the church. It's, it's us. I. Gosh, this is I, I I hate that we're out of time. Yeah. Okay. Why don't you write down your thought so we can pick it back up? Because this is a series, so we can keep going. So let's uh, remember where we got into New Temple, and uh, Tom said the church um, is that new temple. So write down what you got there, Ian. We'll pick it back up. So 
Sorry, we got a little off topic, but I, I do appreciate jumping into um, some rules and a uh, little bit of radical grace because those things are always important. And uh, we'll pick up right here on the next episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Hope you enjoy this series. And may the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at, at fun. Drain Pod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.